Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 89. It is Wednesday, August 22nd. We will post this on the 23rd. And Zach, we're getting that much closer to our draft on the 31st. You getting excited? Excited. Slightly um, just a little bit worried that I'm not prepared. How about you? Do you feel prepared? No, I mean, there's nothing to be worried about. I mean, maybe for me, I'm, I'm the returning loser from our league, you know, finished dead last last year. So for me, maybe a little bit. But, I mean, you're the, what, six, seven-time champion of the league? I wouldn't be nervous at all. Yeah, I just feel like usually I have a – you know, better plan or something this year. I just, I don't know. And we're picking number nine. So it's just whatever. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of at the snake right there at 13. So, you know, my strategy is there is no strategy. It's like whoever is the best player that falls to me, I'm going to grab and I'll probably end up reaching for somebody that I won't be able to get uh, when it comes back to me at 39 or so. So I, I am, I'm really looking forward to this draft. Like I always do. And just the same thing every year, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that I don't see unless it's draft night with CMB. That's right. Yep. Episode 89, Zach, the first person that comes to mind, Steve Smith Sr. What happened on the touchdown? Oh, poor tackling. <laughs> what happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Steve Smith Sr., now with NFL Network, played 13 seasons with the Carolina Panthers, 16 seasons overall. This dude posted 1,031 catches, 14,731 yards, and 81 touchdowns. Mr. Ice Up Son himself, Steve Smith Sr. Yeah, man, he was good. So good. And really, I mean, only had a few Pro Bowl seasons because, I mean, it was just it was such a competitive landscape with receivers during the time he played. I mean, he played with a lot of greats. But he was right up there, man, in the top five probably every year with, with receivers. Um, and I remember there was one offseason where I just I noticed in fantasy football, you know, you look at all the, the top players heading into drafts, and his name switched a couple of years ago. It was, became Steve Smith Sr. when he joined the Ravens. And I was like, what is the deal with that? I, I, I'm assuming it had something to do with Steve Smith, you know, who used to play for the Giants. You remember him, Zach? Yeah. You think that's why uh, the one we're talking about today changed it or added the senior? I don't know. I, I have no idea why he did that. Really confusing for a lot of fantasy players, but the guy was good pretty much up until the end. I mean, his last season with Baltimore, I think he had an injury that took him out kind of early, but, man, what a great career. Yeah, definitely. Mike Ditka, legendary tight end and coach. You know, he was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1988 as a tight end, played 12 seasons from 1961 to 1972. He's going to be 79 years old in October. That's that's old. I I was not expecting that. Yeah, me either. Here's uh, here's his stat line as a player, 427 catches, 5,812 yards, and 43 touchdowns, which, you know, he got elected in the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame, like I said, in 88. I don't know if that stat line now would get you in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. he, he got in at the right time. As the Bears head coach, he won Super Bowl twenty and was the NFL head coach of the year in 85 and 88. One of the reasons – actually, the main reason I picked Ditka, I mean, he was 89, of course, but one of the first like followers that we got on our new CMB Twitter account was Mike Ditka. And I posted this screenshot in the Facebook group because I – 
for a split second, I freaked out. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, Mike Ditka's following us on our new uh, Twitter account. A little plug here, at CMB FF Podcast. It was a fake. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a fan account or something, but... Hey, we appreciate was, the follow. We appreciate the follow. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. Again, follow us at CMB FF Podcast. You know how most people don't follow back unless you just know the person we are not that way we definitely follow back yes we we are following back and following many other people right now so mike ditka 89 another 89 the first 89 i always think of legendary titans tight end frank wycheck played 11 seasons in the nfl and nine of them were with the houston oilers slash tennessee titans 505 catches 5126 yards and 28 touchdowns zach what do you remember about big Frank Wycheck? Well, I remember two things about him, and I had forgotten about one until I saw the picture you tweeted out um, in your Frank Wycheck jersey. But I think I used to have a Steve McNair jersey, um, or it could have been Calico. No, I don't think it was Calico. I don't. It, maybe it was Frank Wycheck. And um, anyways, we were at it was at the peak of my, my fandom with the Titans back with uh, McNair and Wycheck and Eddie George and all those guys. And um, Wycheck came out of the tunnel and I can't remember if I dropped it on purpose or if it accidentally fell, but I dropped the Jersey when he walked out. Oh no. <laughs> and he picked it up and he signed it and threw it back up to me. Oh, I know which Jersey it was. It was, it was a curse. 90 it was a curse curse <laughs> and uh he picked it up and signed it on the shoulder and threw it back up to me and i thought that was awesome so uh man you should have you should have saved that story for episode 90 i should have yeah but uh yeah, that was awesome yeah so that was cool of him to do that and i also remember when he was on 104.5 he talked about campbell ball a couple times uh when the tennessean came out there or something he mentioned it a few times and we we messaged him or emailed the show trying to get him to come out to campbell ball um, but we never got a response back. So, yeah, Frank's a good dude. He unfortunately has battled some concussion and some head, you know, kind of brain issues, you know, since his playing day. So it's kind of sidelined him from doing radio. But Frank's a great guy. I've met him a few times. Zach, you mentioned that was like the height of your Titans fandom. Would you say it kind of dipped off? Like if we looked at a chart, would your fandom did it dip off when they cut Tyron Calico? <laughs> no. Um... I don't know, you know, when it dipped off, but, um, you know, like that was, that was a great era, you know, for, oh, yeah. for the Titans for sure right there. But yeah, it definitely stung when, when Calico left, but I, I still got that Jersey. Yeah. Hey, and then the last one here, 89 can't, you know, can't not mention this 89 James Lane's favorite, the boss himself, Kevin boss, <laughs> Titan played with the New York giants. He only played five seasons in the league from 07 to 2012. I thought he had a longer career. I, I'm sure James thought he had a longer career. He posted 150 catches in, in his career, 2,033 yards and 22 touchdowns. That is like, I don't know. I just, the, those low numbers surprised me. I wish we had audio of when James drafted him. I can still, I still feel like I can see it. You know, me and Brown are back to the left. James yep. is in the back to the right. thought for sure he's going to take Antonio Gates. <laughs> take the bus. I was like, who? Who's the, the boss? And we had to like look down our sheet way down there, way down in the rankings. Oh, Kevin Boss. Okay. That is a legendary draft day moment in our league's history, I would say. Yeah, but the thing is with James, with tight ends, dude, 
he is a guru or something. He, he just he knows it doesn't matter. One of the tight ends that he picks is going to go off, and you you're going to doubt him and think he's crazy, but they always do well for for James. So. The last year that Kevin Boss played in the NFL was 2012 with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm pretty sure that was the year that James uh, drafted Kevin Boss, or he, you know, he he picked him that year. Kevin Boss played two games, had three catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. There so it yeah. there it is, uh, James Lean, RIP to Kevin Boss. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's move on here and talk about the best part of our week. Best part of Zach, what uh, what was the best part of your week so far? Uh, we had a few rainouts earlier this week, so it was nice just to to chill. And uh, so that's I know it's not much, but that was the best part of my week. What about you? I had a few cool things this week. Uh, on Sunday, I Sunday afternoon, I watched the uh, this. There's an Avett Brothers documentary on HBO called May It Last. Highly recommend you guys watch this. I had a steady um, flow of tears the entire time I watched this thing. I mean, it doesn't take a lot for me to cry while watching a movie or a TV show. I'm just one of those people. Not afraid to admit that. But uh, I would say that was probably the best part. And then Sunday as well, you know, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I bought a new car trying to sell my old car and I couldn't find the title for like, I've been looking all over the place. And Sunday night, I found this box that I had labeled uh, college and I opened it up and sure enough, it was in there. So I can now sell this car. I have the title in hand. Who wants to buy it? <laughs> nice, yeah. I, I just I got another one, but this was this was last week, and I meant to put it on the podcast. Um, Sarah and I went antique shopping um, as we do from time to time, and there's one spot in town we really like. And I went upstairs. They have an upstairs area, and I go up there, and uh, I see this, you know, just a bunch of random stuff there, and. Um, leaning up against one of the the walls was this massive uh, panoramic shot of the Titan Stadium, and so I took a picture of it. I didn't know if it's really for sale because it's not really an antique, you know. Right. Um, but I took a picture and I asked the lady. I said, you know, how much for this Titan's panoramic shot? Which you know, usually they're like a hundred dollars, hundred fifty, you know, framed. And um, she said, it's a ten dollar bill for you, and so. I gave her $10 for it and walked out of there with a nice framed Titans panoramic shot. You know, I mean, that's like, awesome. You know, like your wingspan size. So, uh, that was the best part of my week. That was pretty cool to get that deal. And it's, it's, a it's a really, it's a really cool shot. Yeah. I think Jacob Adams has that same thing you're talking about in his uh, living room. I, I've seen that a lot of people, that's a classic like living room, you know? Yeah. Coach. Yeah. Def. I've got one for the Braves from uh, the old field and I got to get a new one from the, the latest one so from SunTrust Park but yeah I like those shots I think they're cool hey another great part of this week Zach is we had another uh you know beat reporter who also from the AFC South were finally able to cover the Colts on this podcast we tried last year timing wise just weren't able to make it work but uh this year we've we've been able to round out the division we had John McClain from the Houston Chronicle Mike DiRocco from ESPN's NFL Nation and this week, we are privileged to be joined by Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Indy Star. It's time for the Call of the Week. 
We continue our preview of the 2018 NFL season, and we're talking with some of the most respected beat reporters around the league. Last week, we talked Jags with Mike Duraco of ESPN's NFL Nation. This week, we stay in the AFC South as we welcome on Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Indianapolis Star. Zach, thanks for the time. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Hey, doing well. Doing well. To avoid wasting anyone's time, let's just start with the question I know you're asked most about, and that's Andrew Luck's health. Is he close to 100% in your opinion? Uh, what should fantasy players be aware of in regards to number 12, you know, as they prepare for drafts? Yeah, health-wise, he's 100%. He's full go. We've seen him make all the throws throughout training camp over the last month. Um, nothing out of the ordinary, no setbacks. Um, I'd expect him to be, to be a little rusty early on for a guy who hasn't played in 18 months. That's pretty normal. Um, but, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be good to go. Um, and, look, the last time he played a full season completely healthy was 2014, and he threw for 40 touchdowns, which was the most in the league. So I think we're going to see more of that, Andrew Luck, this year. Hey, and Luck might not even be the most anticipated quarterback to return from injury, you know, this season in the AFC South. I know people in Indy have been waiting anxiously, but uh, which quarterback's return is the bigger story and impact to their team, in your opinion, Luck or Deshaun Watson? Yeah, it's all Luck all the time here. I mean, talk about a guy who led this team to the AFC Championship in his third year, you know, won 11 games the first three years in the league, and then really fought through injuries and played hurt for two years and then missed it completely you know, an entire season last year. Everything hinges on the right shoulder of Andrew Luck. Moving to the running backs, after the Colts opted not to re-sign Frank Gore, I think fantasy football players just penciled in Marlon Mack as Indy's new bell cow. What is his thing into the regular season, and what should we expect the Colts' backfield to look like this year? Yeah, it's not going to be a bell cow. Uh, I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a by-committee approach. Frank Reich likes that. That's what worked so well for him in Philadelphia last year. Um, but I think Marlon Mack can have a good year. I don't know where he's at with his hamstring right now. He might be a little bit of a question mark for week one, um, but I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's really going to step it up. So if you're going to draft one Colts running back relatively high, I think he's the one you want to go after. Naheem Hines, you know, the rookie running back drafted in the fourth round from NC State, he's a name at the start of August that we've you know, heard tossed around as a possible steal in fantasy drafts. But I understand his preseason's kind of been up and down. Should he be viewed you know, as an upside guy, or is he just a guy? He's a late-round pick, if you're, if you're thinking that way. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen him be used a lot in training camp, out of the backfield in a variety of ways, but he can't stop fumbling the football. That's mainly on kick returns and stuff, but that carries into the offensive system as well. And if you can't keep the football in your hands, you're not going to play. So I'm, I'm, I'm chilly on Marlon Mack compared to, or excuse me, on Naheem Hines compared to where I was a month ago for sure. Right. And from your article a few weeks back, Zach, you wrote about the race for the number two receiver spot behind T.Y. Hilton. It appears to be Ryan Grant's for the taking. How has Grant separated himself from the pack during this preseason? Honestly, I don't know because I don't see it. Um, he's the number two based on everyone we talked to. Um, he's a possession receiver. He's not like going to light up the scoreboard at all. Um, they're really, really, really thin at receiver right now. It's basically just it's basically T.Y. Hilton and a bunch of guys. So um, they're going to use the tight ends a lot more than the receivers this year, I bet. We talked with Mike DiRocco, who covers the Jags for ESPN, and you know, we talked about what Jackson will gain in signing Dante Moncrief. What would you say the Colts lost, if anything, in, in letting Moncrief walk in free agency? Yeah, um, 
sort of the guy they were waiting to grow up, waiting to make the big plays, waiting to be more four years, and he just never got there. No one's going to doubt Dante Moxley's talent. I mean, the kid can play. You can turn on the highlight tape and see some big, big, big catches he has made in the red zone. Um, huge red zone threat. I think he's going to have a great year in Jacksonville. I just really do. I think that team is really good. And they're going um, But in terms of the Colts, I mean, yeah, they, they're going to miss that big threat in the red zone for sure. Any depth of receiver at all right now. And listeners, if you don't already, I would highly recommend following Zach uh, at Z, or Z Kiefer on Twitter. Zach, you're a great game day Colts follow. Your in-game tweets, they're up there with like John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Um, you had a tweet from Monday's preseason game with the Colts and Ravens where you basically quoted, when in doubt, go to Jack Doyle, sign every Colts quarterback since 2014. Is that still the MO this year? Yeah, man, he's a security blanket. Like, Every single Colts quarterback, when, when things get bad and when they start to panic and the line breaks down and dump the ball up to, 84 is open. Jack's going to have 80, 90 catches this year. Mark it down. I don't think he's going to have it. I think Ebron's going to have a lot more yards because he's such a downfield threat. But Doyle just catches everything, and he's, just, he's that 37 guy you go to every time you don't think twice about. I know Frank Reich loves his tight ends. Do you expect Ebron, like you mentioned, to play second fiddle to Jack Doyle, or will he be more like the you know Dwayne Allen goal line target for Andrew Luck? No, I expect Ebron to be used like a wide receiver because that's almost what he is in this offense. They went hard after him in free agency because they saw his skill set and they wanted to use that. Um, so this is – no, I mean, I think Ebron – don't be worried about what you see in the preseason. They are absolutely hiding him. They're not using him at all in the way they've used him in training camp. I mean, he's been a downfield threat every day, second to only T.Y. Hilton on this offense. So um, they're going to be used in very different ways, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. But I, I think Ebron's in store for a really good year. He's going to like like with Andrew Luck. Lastly, one of our favorite segments during the preseason is what we call No Thanks, where we each we declare a player or a roster spot we want nothing to do with in fantasy this upcoming season. So, Zach, who are you saying no thanks to in 2018 for the Colts? <laughs> Can I say the right tackle? I don't know if that helps with your fantasy purposes. Um, yeah, I mean, that has an effect. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I would stay away from any receiver not named – Hilton, and I might stay away from T.Y. Hilton if you want to draft him high because I think T.Y. is going to have a great year, but he's not a big touchdown guy. He never has been, and I think when they get in the red zone, they're going to go to either Marlon Mack on the ground or they're going to go to Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron on the ear, on the, in the air. So that might be um, the development, but I don't, I don't want to say anything negative about T.Y. because he's had a great camp, but he's just not a touchdown machine, and that matters a lot of fantasy. Right. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Once again, that was Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Indianapolis Star. As I mentioned earlier, give Zach a follow on Twitter at click and run it at IndyStar.com. Zach, thanks for hopping on. All the best this season. Thanks, guys. Zach, uh, what did you think of our conversation with, uh, with Zach? Man, I thought it was really good insight. And that was the first I've really heard of the running back situation in uh, Indianapolis being a running back by committee. So I kind of feel like we have breaking news um, that, you know, maybe, maybe some people want to pick up, you know, this needs to go out to some outlets and uh, go ahead and give us some credit. That'd be awesome. I liked his no thanks. I mean, I I know, you know, he did later mention the wide receiver position beyond T.Y. Hilton, but 
he talked about the offensive line and how bad they are. That's that's the reason the Colts have been so bad the last couple of seasons. That's the reason Andrew Luck got hurt originally and has sustained his injury. So I I liked his uh, yeah, like like you said I liked his insight. I the running back thing with the Colts it gets weirder and weirder. I mean they you know they don't re-sign Frank Gore. He wanted to kind of I think he considered retirement and then he moved back where he's from in Miami. So I think they just penciled in Marlon Mack as the as the bell cow, and that, that doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah, so I don't know if Chase paid him to uh, kind of talk down the Colts for fantasy purposes so they would kind of fall, but I don't know. He didn't really – didn't sound too excited about the Colts, in my opinion. Yeah, he was high on Andrew Luck, higher than I thought he'd be. But right, speaking, yeah. speaking of Chase, though, I, I'm excited, you know – I'm excited for for what we've seen recently from Chase within uh, within the Facebook group. You know, he's he's contributed a lot recently to the uh, to the podcast for content, but also just with that blog of his. So hopefully, we can we can talk to Chase sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, hey, but with that in mind, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, the biggest fantasy news of the week has got to be Adrian Peterson signing with the Washington Redskins. We mentioned last week Darius Geis, the rookie running back from the first round, out for the season with a torn ACL, unfortunately, but all day signing with the Skins. Yes, uh, interesting signing. You know, I mean, he'll get some, definitely get some run there with that situation they have in the backfield. So um, I'm sure he will get drafted late in our, you know, in our draft. I'm curious what kind of role he's going to have. I mean, what Adrian Peterson should we expect? Should we expect Vikings, Cardinals, or Saints version of AP? Because if it's the Saints version, I'm saying no thanks. There's just no telling, man. I mean, (laughs) I didn't think he was going to do anything with the Cardinals, and he did pretty well there. You know, I remember I think J&J had him um, during those games where he did all right, Um, and then it just kind of ended. So who knows? He joins the backfield with Chris Thompson, Rob Kelly, and Samaje Pirine with Washington. So who knows? We you know we talked about the Colts backfield uh, earlier, and this this could be another running back by committee with those guys. And it's I don't know. I don't want to say no thanks to all those players, but I you know I'm not too excited about the backfield in Washington. Yeah, me either. Head coach Jay Gruden he wants AD to play immediately against the Broncos on Friday night, uh, and you know it's. It's interesting to see kind of what they'll do. I don't, they traditionally haven't been a running offense, so this may be even be like a moot point. Might not even matter. They they'll probably uh, throw the ball majority of their offense with with Alex Smith now under center. So I'll be interested to see what what Washington does here. Yep. Another news from today on Wednesday: the New New England Patriots cut ties with Kenny Britt, release him on Wednesday. Uh, Zach, would you want to see Kenny Britt back in two-tone blue? Mm. Come on, say no thanks. Uh, yeah, I want to say I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a new segment. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, and, you know, so according to NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, um, there's no interest in the Patriots, you know, in signing Des Bryant. You know, we saw him on Hard Knocks this past week. Des went and visited with the Browns, so I, I don't see him going to the Patriots. Here's here's what the Pats have done recently at the wide receiver position. They cut Kenny Britt today. They cut Jordan Matthews. You know, Wave injured him, and they cut Malcolm Mitchell within the last couple of weeks. And don't forget, they let Danny Amendola walk during free agency. 
Yeah. It's crazy. I'm really surprised they're not interested in Dez. I really yeah. And Dez is right up their alley. I mean, he's the type of receiver that Bill Belichick has brought in before. You look at Ocho Cinco, Randy Moss. He's had these kind of these kind of players before. Big big name, kind of troublemaker guys. So um, I shouldn't call Des Bryant a troublemaker, but just kind of guys that are known for antics off the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Julian Edelman. Keep in mind too, suspended for the first four weeks for that PED violation. So here is New England's Week One death chart at wide receiver. Chris Hogan, Corderell Patterson, Eric Decker, and Philip Dorsett. Hmm. Zach, are we near the end of the Patriots dynasty? Very, very well could. No, we're not. No. no. Yeah, no. Uh, other news of today from Wednesday, Chiefs cut Charkandrick West. Not a big deal because the Chiefs signed Damian Williams from Miami during free agency, so that kind of sealed West's fate. So, yep. Zach, the days of, like, picking up Charkandrick West week seven or eight after, <laughs> after Spencer Ware gets hurt, those days are over. Yep. See ya. Mentioned hard knocks earlier. Josh Gordon, according to head coach Hugh Jackson, will practice soon for the Browns. This is becoming like a I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I have sort of a hot take here, Zach. Yeah, let's hear it. I think the hard knocks distraction is a real thing. And I think Josh Gordon's just waiting until those cameras leave town. Okay. So when Hard Knocks ends after next week, I think we'll see Josh Gordon. Interesting. Okay. And Hugh Jackson, he ruled Josh Gordon out for this week's preseason game already. Uh, the Eagles playing uh, the Browns on Thursday night. And so I just I'm not I'm not that concerned with this Josh Gordon situation now that I know that I think he's just trying to ghost Hard Knocks. Yeah. And with Corey Coleman gone, I you know we've talked about this boosting Josh Gordon's fantasy value. If they do end up signing Dez, of course you know you got to see you're going to see you know Josh Gordon's draft stock, his ADP drop. But man, I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what the Browns do this year. They're going to be a much better team. Sorry, you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> You caught me mid-yawn. I was yawning so hard right there. I'm sorry. Wow. I'll edit this out. I'll edit this out. Please keep it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the Browns, um, I definitely think they're going to be a better team. And, you know, um, Rob is going to be very excited. Uh, Rob is actually going to be at the draft. So I think that there will be some uh, some Browns players drafted, you know, on their team. I like it. Hey, speaking of the Browns, let's keep going with our previews of the divisions around the league. We talked about the AFC East last week, and that was pretty much a New England Patriots preview. But, Zach, let's do an AFC North preview. Okay. You know, speaking of the Browns, we'll talk Steelers, of course. Zach, where do you rank these QBs among the AFC North? Okay, so currently, I mean, you got to give it to Roethlisberger, then Dalton. And then uh, I'm going to give it to Taylor Mayfield – and then uh, the the Ravens, but please heed the warning that the uh, Steelers are cursed this year. And, <laughs> uh, I don't know which episode I said it, but I mean, don't want the Steelers on your team. So you definitely said it a few weeks back. Yeah, for it, sure. It's it's not going to be a good year for them. So you know, Roethlisberger's at the top for now, but that's it. I think you said it on the uh, the episode right before the new Madden came out, or or when Antonio Brown was announced as the Madden cover. Mm, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I, I I put Big Ben, of course, at number one. 
Big Ben, ninth best quarterback in CMB last year, and he missed two games. So he only played in 14 games, and he was still the ninth best QB. Yeah. Uh, his touchdown interception ratio, 28 to 14. And he arguably has the best wide receiver and the best running back in the NFL. And oh, yeah, his offensive line is probably top five, too. So I think Big Ben's just got all the pieces. Definitely number one. I actually, again, another hot take here. I put Baker Mayfield as the number two quarterback for fantasy this year oh, whoa, in, in the whoa, North. Whoa. I like Baker Mayfield, man. I'm high on him. Okay. We talked about all the help that they have currently this year. Um, I, I, you know, you don't pl- draft a player number one overall and not start him his rookie season. So at some point early, I expect Baker to start and, and take Tyrod's job. Yeah. I put uh, Lamar Jackson next for the Ravens as, as I think he'll start this year too. We could see him have an RG three kind of rookie season, or we could see him have a Nathan Peterman rookie season. I, I have no clue what to expect with him, but the guy has so much skill. He's got that Mike Vick speed and, and, you know, the leg game and everything, but I just, you know, he could have inaccuracy issues throwing the ball and he could throw a lot of picks, but he's going to make up for it in the ground. And dude, I, I've put Andy Dalton last. I'm saying no thanks, Andy Dalton. The dude is not something you really want in a fantasy quarterback. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I know you, you put him second, but Dalton is what Jalen Ramsey would call trash. <laughs> Um, Andy Dalton, you know, last season in CMB, he was the 16th rated quarterback. So not awful. I mean, he was just behind Matt Ryan and ahead of Derek Carr. So things could be worse. I mean, you know, Zach, he's always going to have that open target and AJ green, but Dalton's not going to have a reliable tight end. We've seen with Tyler Eifert always injured and Cincinnati pretty much has let their offensive line just get worse and worse. Yeah. I think that's why I ranked him so high is just because he has AJ green. You know, yeah, good if point. He was on a different, if, he, if he was on the Ravens, I'd put him in last. Yeah, and, and last season, don't forget, Andy Dalton was sacked 39 times, which was the seventh most in the league. And you wouldn't think that'd have much of an effect, but I mean, in terms of fantasy, like I, I just, I don't know, I, I don't want anything to do with Andy Dalton. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, I think, I think Tyrod Taylor and or Baker Mayfield, they have the best collection of weapons that a Cleveland quarterback has probably had since like the Braylon Edwards days. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the running backs. Zach, this one is the easiest one we've probably ever done. Where would you rank these running backs? Uh, I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell, uh, followed by the Browns talent wise, I think. Right. And then Cleveland or um, Cincinnati and then Baltimore. But, Please note that uh, Le'Veon Bell will be getting hurt this year. And, uh, <laughs> you do not want him on your team, Greg. I was with you with, with the Steelers and the Browns and then you know flipped the last two. I had the Ravens, then the Bengals. But, okay. yeah, you're, you're right. Lev Bell, second best running back in CMB last season behind Todd Gurley. Uh, here cursed. are some – He's cursed. <laughs> last season, though, receiving-wise, Le'Veon Bell had – 85 catches on a ridiculous 106 targets for a running back. That's insane. He's a stud. He's awesome. But he's going to get hurt. 655 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. And his 321 carries, you know, he, he put up. That's just also insane. 321 carries and 106 targets. So the guy, I mean, hold out or not, he's going to get his touches. And according to you, he's going to get hurt. 
I put the Browns next because I really like Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson as a one-two punch for fantasy. You know, Carlos Hyde, to me, is definitely an upgrade over Isaiah Crowell, who's now a Jet. Um, and in a non-PPR league, Duke Johnson might go undrafted. Uh, but because we're in a PPR league, he's got a lot of value. Yep, that's right. He right. had... And, and this is a stat, Zach, that I was genuinely surprised by when I did a little research for this episode. Duke Johnson had an insanely high 93 passing targets last season. So the only running backs that had more passing targets than Duke Johnson were Alvin Kamara, Lev Bell, Christian McCaffrey, and I, that was it. I mean, Whoa, whoa, okay. Yeah, he's, he's up there, man, for running backs. So, wow. And those guys are all considered like the best pass-catching running backs. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and guess who was fifth? Which running back had the fifth most targets? Last year? Last year. DeMarco Murray. Carlos Hyde with 88. So I'm telling you, man, the Browns, watch out. Okay, all right. They also they drafted Nick Chubb, you know, the running back from Georgia, with the third pick of the second round in this year's draft. So they've got a lot of insurance at running back. I like them a lot. I put the Ravens next because Buck Allen and Alex Collins were the 19th and 22nd best running backs in CMB last year. So they're returning. I think Alex Collins is going to be the eventual bell cow just the way he played last year. But I, I like those guys. Yeah. Um, and then for the Bengals, neither Giovanni Bernard nor Joe Mixon finished in the top 29 in running backs in CMB last year. You know, Mixon outcarried Bernard by 73 touches, but – um, you know, Giovanni Bernard was the more productive back. You know, I, I, I think he, he rounded out more yards and, and really looked like the starter. And let's not forget when we had James Coe on the podcast a few weeks ago, James Coe listed, uh, listed Mixon as his no thanks player for 2018. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, let's move to receivers. Zach, this one's also super easy, but go ahead and rank the receivers here. Uh, you know, Steelers for now, right? Oh, of course. We'll go Steelers for now. Then I'm going to go with the Browns. Where do you got the Browns? I actually have the Browns last. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Mainly uh, because, it's, because it's Jarvis Landry, and that's kind of it. So you're not including Josh Gordon? Yeah, I know. And it's – I don't know. I, I just – I I – AJ Green to me is like a top five receiver, so I had to put the Bengals above the Browns. It's it's just like slightly above the Browns. Okay, Browns then uh, Bengals and then Ravens. Yeah, I had Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Um, again, Steelers have the best receiver in football. This is actually probably the best receiver division in football. Um, I just think with with the Browns have improved. You know, they have Jarvis Landry and, and Josh Gordon, like we mentioned. Bengals. I have a lot of young guys, but AJ Green, like I said earlier, and the Ravens did a lot this year to you know improve their wide receiver core. So I, I think this is top to bottom, probably the best receiver division in football. You could make the case for the NFC South, of course, um, but the Steelers have the best receiver in the game. Yeah, um, Antonio Brown and CMB last year, he finished out as the top receiver with three hundred and thirteen point thirty five points. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, though, who we'll talk about next week in the AFC South preview. Right behind him with 313.05. So, A.B.'s the best, but in fantasy, he's barely the best. 
and he's going to get hurt this year. But. Yeah, and you're, and you're predicting an injury to another man, so yeah. <laughs> we're we're at we're at that level. Um, but Zach, let's book. You know, as we inch closer and closer to the draft, let's move to a little bit of our league news within CMB. This episode we're recording on Wednesday night. It's going to publish sometime Thursday morning. So we will be eight days away from the draft. I can't can't believe it. It's sneaking up. I know. Unbelievable. Zach, one thing that I kind of want to see with this year's draft is maybe people take advantage of trading picks or swapping picks. And so I don't know if that is even an option. I know we talked about, um, you know, we put out a poll and everyone would seem to be in favor. So, Zach, if you could just real quick, is there a difference in swapping draft positions and trading picks? Yeah, I mean, you know, like Jake was talking about before swapping his pick, I think if you completely swap positions, then that's just you're swapping. That's not a trade. But if, if you were to trade a draft pick, um, you know, with Jake, for example, um, if we were to trade our position with him, then that would count for a trade um, – you know, for us right. for that season. So uh, there's a difference in just swapping your draft position for the entire draft and trading picks. So, yeah. Speaking of Jake, we talked about earlier in our AFC North preview, the best receiver in the game, Antonio Brown. Jake has like an unhealthy man crush with Antonio Brown and it's kind of creepy, but you know, we talked about the Steelers wide receivers. Jake is it's borderline, like I said, just creepy. I mean, he's obsessed with Antonio Brown. He knows picking at pick 12 in this year's draft, he's not going to be able to get AB, and he's trying, like everything, to get him. So I understand Jake has some kind of plea, would you say, to uh, to maybe acquire AB? Yeah, and I've got a little clip to play, and I just want to say that I didn't even know I was going to get this clip, so it was all of a sudden, you know, Jake Sanford sent you an audio message. I'm like, what and i listened to it man this guy needs some help feeling restless lately can't seem to think clearly have normal functions in your daily life been hindered with depression you my friend may have been diagnosed with the mid-round fantasy draft blues do you regret targeting picks five through seven is it keeping you up at night if so i have a solution for you pick 12 is readily available for a simple trade no gimmicks no commitment and happiness guaranteed. Just send a text stating Antonio is yours to 931-260-0648. Bless him. I cannot believe that he put his personal cell phone number on this podcast. That is the most shocking thing. Like I, I was weirded out, of course, by the whole thing because it's just Jake's continued factuation with, uh, with Antonio Brown, but he gave out his number. Yeah, I hope somebody weird texts him too, honestly. That would be a great story. I would love if someone just texted him and said, hey, I've got A, B for you. Let's meet at the park. <laughs> and Jake Antonio, just gets, Jake Antonio just gets mugged. Antonio is yours. Yeah, and Jake just gets like mugged. This would be like a great like kind of a you know, Craigslist meetup. But um, I don't know. I Here's the thing. Like who wants to trade with Jake to number 12? Like what person is just dying to, to move to number 12? Yeah, there's nothing really appealing on 12, so. All right, thanks to Jake Sandifer for uh, for hopping on, just giving us a quick little uh, bit to talk about for this episode. And like I said earlier, really excited to have Jake come on next week, give us his annual mock draft. But before we do that, Zach, is there any league news that we should be aware of before we uh, kind of get near the end of this podcast? 
Well, kind of foreshadowing on the call of the week, but you know, we had the the poll up by Chase talking about the Boston butts and stuff like that. And so I just wanted to get a comment from Taylor uh, Cup about the Boston butts and um, since he's no longer in the league and the possibility of them returning. And uh, here, here's what Taylor says. He says, the butts were all always rubbed with love, and that's why they always came out extra juicy and delicious. I do have sad news, and that is that I have to get rid of the smoker, or he had to get rid of the smoker due to the current living situation. He is in an apartment now. And there was a problem with the gas line. But if I ever get another smoker, I would provide some butts for the draft night. And as far as the possibility that I could return as a co-manager, I would be up for it in another year or so if the right opportunity would come up. Wow. There was a lot of good stuff from that, Zach. Yeah. So uh, somebody needs a co-manager, you know, just you need to take it upon yourself and and make it happen. Um, I think people should know that whenever somebody does decide to be a co-manager, they just text and tell me. It's not like we're, you know, trying to, make right. it happen or anything it's just they decide to do it you know so yeah there's no like draft it's like if you have somebody in mind just go for it yeah so if somebody decides they want to get taylor you know maybe text me i can give you his number you guys can discuss it see if it's a good fit for you guys and and get taylor back in the league um i think he would enjoy it and it would be great to have those boston butts come back so i mean he was describing the butts he used words like juicy and i can't remember the other one but i mean he was talking about that butt in the way that like you know blake talked about james lane's james lane's uh belly you know <laughs> eating the almond yeah yeah actually i still don't know who ate the almond from who yeah i get confused on that too i get yeah. confused on that too maybe we'll see a reenactment at the draft maybe that's something we could that get would, uh, in the works would not surprise me at all Zach, you have that kind of power. I feel like you can maybe mandate that. You know, like you want him to come up on stage and like yeah. kick, off, kick off the draft that way. Like eat the almond, or you know, you lose your thirteenth round pick. <laughs> so like there's some good entertainment there. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but man, like I said, one more week, a week and a day away from the draft. And Zach, before we do that. I understand that we have someone who uh, another call of the week, and this is uh, Chase Goff, Big Orange Bullies. It's time for the call of the week. We mentioned last episode, Zach, that we had an issue—not really an issue. I mean, we got ghosted by Ross Garrison. Didn't come on the podcast when we invited him. He had every opportunity. Uh, one guy who's never ghosted us and is always available, Chase Gaw, Big Orange Bullies. Chase, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Jordan? Hey, doing well. Chase, do you have a comment on, on Ross's uh, lack of appearance on this podcast? I mean, are you surprised at all by his shenanigans? No, but I enjoy that he's not on the podcast. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and Chase, <laughs> I also appreciate you've done a lot of work recently with, uh, with the, the blog, the CMB Fantasy Football blog that we've seen on the Facebook group. Most recent post was the Ultimate Snack Showdown that you and I talked about. Kind of give us a status update. This is Wednesday night, August 22nd that we're recording. What's uh, the latest on, on the, uh, the showdown for the, the draft snacks? Uh, well, last I looked this afternoon, I think there was a tie still, about five votes to five votes for uh, – Pizza and Rotel Dip were still tied. And then Boston Butt was kind of carrying away with against Orange Crush. 
So it seems, I don't know if the tie's been broken. I haven't looked in the last little bit. So maybe you can update me on that. Yeah, it's but, it's, it's still about the same. Uh, and, and I would say the Boston yeah. butt thing is just, we were so spoiled by Taylor Cup. Uh, I don't, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I don't really, we'll see it, it again. It was unfair for that to be a 10 seed, but uh, going through my metrics, nobody had ever nominated it. So I'd put it there. Uh, so they were kind of a powerhouse of a 10 of a 10 seed. So I like a little that. unfair for the higher seeds, but it is what it is. I mean, a drink's not going to compete with Boston, but it shouldn't. I mean, what are, what are your personal chase, your personal favorite, you know, draft night foods and snacks and drinks? Uh, well, usually I do drink orange crush. It's the only time of the year I drink that, <laughs> but for some reason it always tastes really good that night. Uh, and then, you know, I enjoy the pizza, uh, the chips and dip, you know, all that's good with me. So really all four in the semifinals were, uh, things that I enjoy. Chase, we'll, we'll move on to some real fantasy football talk here. We had on earlier in this podcast, Zach Kiefer, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He covers the Colts for the Indianapolis star. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he gave us some insight on Andrew Luck and a lot of different Colts topics. So what, uh, what's your status? Or I mean, what's your uh, level of optimism for the Colts this year? And what do you expect out of Andrew Luck? Well, you know, I just, he looked a little sloppy the other night, but that's going to be a given. I mean, he hasn't played in a meaningful game in over two years, pretty much. So uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, it's somebody that I would like to take if the spot was right not going to reach for him or anything but i'm excited that you actually got a colts guy on this year that's that's cool you kind of you ghosted the colts last year and didn't have anyone on well sort of i mean zach can vouch for us we tried i think two or three different people last year from the colts <laughs> and they turned us down last year so zach we really are oh no, those jerks we were fortunate to get zach Kiefer on this year we were glad he came on this uh this time around but um you know i think you know zach the you know who covers the Colts, he was kind of optimistic about Andrew Luck. And he had that kind of glass-half-full approach. Are you expecting a full season out of, out of him, or you, you feel like this is kind of like a Tiger Woods back situation where the smallest injury is going to knock him out? Well, I think if he doesn't play a full season, then we're in trouble for the future. I think he needs that full season. And if that happens, I don't know what their record will end up being, but it can't be any worse than last year. Uh, Brissett did okay, but he's not the leader that the Andrew Luck is going to be for the Colts. And, you know, just watching him his first few years with the talent that he had around him, and he was still able to win 11 games when he was healthy and playing. So if he can do that, then maybe the NFL will be watchable for me this year. It's been rough the past couple of years, I'll be honest. I've been more, a lot more invested in college football, obviously, but you know, if the Colts are good, that'll give me something to be excited about. Yeah, and you're a Tennessee Vols fan, so it's probably been difficult to watch college football as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two years ago was pretty fun there for a while, but then last year was, you know, everybody knows what happened there. You mentioned taking a flyer on Andrew Luck if he kind of falls in your lap there. You were at the 14th pick right there at the Snake. Chase, what is your draft strategy, if you don't mind sharing, maybe just a little bit, uh, being at number 14? What, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah. Well, there's really absolutely no strategy right now. Uh, I've never been in this situation before. I'm usually up towards the front, so this year is going to be completely different being in the back. Uh, you know, really, it's either 
I don't want to say best player available because there are certain position groups that are higher than others. And when you're at that 14, 15, and then you're not picking again till the forties, you may have to kind of reach for guys that you want uh, that right. may be not valued so high, but if you want them on your team, you got to get them done. So it may not be a best player available type of thing. It may be got to grab who I want on my team. I don't know if you heard this a couple of weeks ago, Zach and I did a kind of an all CMB lineup of players that they just always find a way to end up on certain teams in our league. You know, like for example, Antonio Brown with, you know, Jake. And then I guess, you right, know, yeah, Andrew, I heard it. Andrew, look for yourself. Is there another player maybe in the NFL that you just, you would love if, if this player fell to you and you could put him on big orange bullies? That maybe it's not a Colts player. Well, I've only I've actually only had Andrew Luck that one year, and that was when I reached for him with the first pick, and that was the first year he got hurt. I haven't had him any other time. So, uh, but really, uh, there's you know a few running backs that maybe I would like to fall to me. Uh, don't know how it's going to go. Uh, don't really want to give away a whole lot of names just in case that persuades anyone one way or the other. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see who falls. I have no idea who's going to go where. Uh, you know, I've tried to do some mock drafts and everything like that. and They're always so random that you don't know who likes who and what you're going to get by that 14th pick. So, uh, really, I'm not going to be hung up on one person because I don't want to be disappointed if I don't get them. All right, moving to draft night. We talked about the snacks and the food and all that, but just kind of in general with the draft, Chase, what's one of your maybe your favorite things that you look forward to most about draft night there in the college side gym? Like, what are you looking forward to next week? Uh, you know, I just like seeing a lot of people that I pretty much only see that one time a year now. Uh, I saw you a few weeks ago, but that was really the first time I think I'd seen you in, since last year's draft. And, yeah. you know, uh, I don't see James Lane anymore since he moved to Nashville and you know, I'm living in Spring Hill now, so I'm not even in Cookville. So it's just fun to see everybody again. And I don't know, I just enjoy that atmosphere. It was really cool last year being in the gym with the you know, all the setup and uh it's just always a fun night to come back around Labor Day, draft my team, then, you know, the next day college football's on. So it's always just one of my favorite weekends of the year. Yeah, and one of the best parts about draft night, especially for this year, because I feel like we have a lot of rivalries that are forming within the league. You know, of course, we've got Matt Collins and Courtney uh, taking on, you know, the East Coast Wombats of the Garrisons. I don't, mm-hmm. I honestly don't think that there is a single person that can say anything negative about any of the gauze. You, Jeff, or Rob, especially you, Chase. I mean, do you have any enemies, any type of rivalry at all in, in our league? No, I don't think so, but maybe I need to start one with Rob and Jeff just so, uh, you know, we both have rivals with each other. <laughs> Since nobody else wants to be our rivals, maybe we just have to go to war against each other. I don't. I mean, I don't consider it a bad thing. I just think, you know, <laughs> if you don't have any enemies, maybe you're doing something right, but um, I, I would be interested in seeing an inner gal rivalry. That, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think we play each other week one, so that'll be – good to get them out of the way early in the year because they usually get really hot and really dangerous towards the end. I like it. Hey, Chase, before we let go of you here, um, you know about No Thanks. We, we do it every week in, during the uh, the preseason and kind of in the off season. Who are you saying No Thanks to in 2018, Chase? 
Uh, I'm going to say no thanks to Alvin Kamara, and that's only because I want everybody to pass on him so he can follow me <laughs> at number 14. I don't see that happening, but I like the strategy there. So, Chase Gall, one time on the podcast, no thanks for Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara, no thanks. All right, once again, that was Chase Gaw, manager of Big Orange Bullies. And, uh, hey, he's trying to start a rivalry with the Gaws, so let's make it happen. Chase, really appreciate you coming on the show and all the best this season. All right, thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. Once again, that was Chase Gaw. Zach, always uh, a good time visiting with Chase, especially before the draft. He's done a lot of work recently with his blog. He told me that he gets kind of bored with work and, I guess, with life. And he just he likes working on, on stuff for the podcast, uh, giving us content at least to talk about. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's always fun to to read the blog and stuff. So um, definitely enjoy it. And I don't even know if I can really imagine a Gaul rivalry. So I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah, I was interested to hear him. Like, no hesitation. He just picks the Gauls. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So a little inner Gauffia war there, but I like it. Uh, And let's move on to the Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Zach, I don't know if you have a tweet of the week ready. Uh, it seems like you find, kind of find one as I'm going through mine. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. All right. So I actually have two this week because I just I couldn't pick a single one. Uh, Zach, I'm pretty sure you've seen this one that I'm about to mention here. But this was uh, from over the weekend. And this was a tweet from at KATV Melinda. So this is Melinda Mayo. She's the meteorologist for uh, Little Rock, Arkansas Station. And she said, this is how we wedding in Southeast Arkansas. It's a gravy fountain with biscuits on the side. So there's like, you know, tater tot fondue and chocolate fountains at weddings. This wedding had gravy and you, I guess you just put biscuits underneath these. It's genius. Zach, have you seen anything this weird at any of the weddings you guys have shot? No, I haven't seen this. Are you going to do this at yours? I feel like I should. I, it honestly gave me a, an idea. I don't know how much this would cost. I might have to talk to Bob Mackey about uh, maybe renting one from IWC. But, man, I love that tweet. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, the, the one I had was um, it was from a Braves game. So any Braves fans out there. But uh, yesterday, Dansby Swanson hit a home run, or he hit two home runs in the game. And uh, the story was that last year when they were at PNC Park, a fan asked Dansby to hit a home run, and that night he did. And then so last night, shortly before the game, the same young fan went up to Dansby and asked him if he remembered him from last year and if he'd hit another one. And then Dansby hit two home runs last night. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the, the Braves, like, Zach, this is a great year to be a Braves fan. A lot of cool stories around them. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun, a lot of – uh, youth, young players and stuff. And if you haven't heard of Ronald Acuna, oh yeah, I'm not sure where you've been, but you need to you need to tune in because the guy's awesome. I had one more tweet of the week here, and I, I couldn't not mention this because it just blew my mind today when I saw this at work. This was from at Angelique Girl XD, whatever that means, uh, Samantha. She says, "I'm 22 years old, and I just realized that this little piggy went to the market doesn't mean he went food shopping." Zach, what do you uh, what do you think that means? I have no idea. So uh, what what I take it as is this little piggy went to the market. There's a line of piggies. One's going to the slaughterhouse, you know, the market, and one's going home. 
So this little piggy went to the market. That one's getting slaughtered. The other little piggy's going home. It just like blew my mind. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I feel like you have to kind of like think twice about, you know, saying that again to Winnie. Do you guys do the little piggy thing? Yeah, I think we have actually maybe. Yeah, you might you might want to think twice about it. Yeah, hey, we, we need to touch on your uh, Mylanta tweet from earlier today. I laughed so hard at this. I was I was just crying, sitting there laughing. Um, so I can just see I can just see you drinking your coffee black and then adding a dash of my, of my Lanta creamer. Uh-oh. Yeah, I get made fun of at work because my drawer and my desk has a little bottle of my Lanta. I mean, you don't have to like refrigerate it or anything. So I just leave it in there. And then I also have a big thing of gum. So I'm like, people come by and take gum from my desk and they always ask about the my Lanta. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, so sometimes. What did it taste like? It, I mean, I didn't even taste it. Like the, the coffee really just kind of was so strong. But I mean, it's it's like a. I don't know, it's like a minty kind of taste, the Mylanta. So it kind of had a little, you know, a little dash of mint. Okay. All right. Well. But, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I thought of that and just tweeted it. And sometimes even a, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut kind of thing. You know, sometimes they're funny. Most times they're bad. <laughs> well, I, was, I was glad to see you liked it. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It was good. All right, guys, that is this week's show. Zach, do we have anything else before we part ways? I don't think so. All right. Hey, one more week. We will have one more episode before the draft on Friday night, August 31st. Zach, we've, we've talked about it already. Jake Standifer will join us giving his annual mock draft. Really looking forward to that. Yep. See you guys next week. That's a W. That's E1.